0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it.
1: I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests, Sherry great
0: stories from your favorite teams coming this year find us on the odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts
1: the the winds of change are blowing through raider nation and silver and black today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your las vegas raiders touchdown las vegas with insight opinions
0: and interviews we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now 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 the latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your host, Scott Goe and Moe All right, welcome back to Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. We appreciate you being with us. If you don't already subscribe, please do so wherever you get your audio. If you're watching us on our live Facebook uh, stream after the game, thanks for being with us. Had some technical issues. We usually stream to a bunch of different locations. But of course, just like everything went wrong for the Raiders today in their their three to nothing loss to the Vikings. Uh, so did some of the technical issues here on our end. So there you go. But we are back. I'm Scott Cobranson. I'm joined by my good friend, and that is Murph from Raiders Fan Radio, who's going to give us his voice of the F- uh, fan segment here in just a second. But of course, the Raiders, just a, a terrible game. I should talk like this, Murph, because it was three nil. Right? So I I joked on X.com that I felt like I was covering a soccer game. I mean, 0 to 0 and there was a there was 2 minutes left in the game, right until they kicked the field goal. So, the Raiders really I think uh take a step backwards here and it's it's you, when you have no room, no wiggle room for error and you come out and you score 0 points off the bye, ugh, that's really really tough, everybody. So you're going to have to uh Deal with that unfortunately, and we'll see how that all goes. But Murph, I want to first turn it over to you. I, I don't I don't know what you're gonna say, but I know it'll be good. I know you'll try to find some positives in this three to nothing lost. Murph, do you realize they lost three to nothing?
1: Uh yeah. So here, here's my here's my big takeaway from this game. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like Curly used to say, right? Oh my uh, gosh. What an Ah, uh, gosh! What a bad football game! I mean, let's not put lipstick on the pig. Yeah. This was uh, just a grind to, <laughs> to watch, man. This one was rough, and we've had some rough games this season, but this absolutely took the cake. And you know, uh, so I think at this point we've just about been mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. This is the lowest scoring game in the history of indoor football. Like, I mean, come on! <laughs> now. I mean. Only the Raiders could do this kind of stuff. And and it's, uh, you know, what, what what else can you do but laugh at this point? I mean, we've, we've all been, you know, we're all dejected, we're all disappointed, and we all had high expectations and high hopes for this football team, and especially the resurgence of the team uh, under the helm of, of Antonio Pierce. And so there was a lot of things to look forward to, and there was a lot of excitement, although I thought or I knew that we all thought that the the playoffs were kind of an outside shot looking in, you know, but we, 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 we could only hope for the best. And if some things fell in our favor, then the Raiders could possibly be in contention. But listen, man, I mean, at home to get shut out. I mean, that's just, listen, it's embarrassing. I mean, I don't even know how to put it <laughs> in. And, and, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you, you know, this person needs to be fired or that person needs to be fired or whatever well, This is a team that's been in turmoil, frankly, since, you know, John Gruden got, you know, uh, dismissed. Um, So there's a lot of things that obviously need to change and we can we can go through the details of it and pick on the different things. But um, at the end of the day, Scott, it was just another big major disappointment in a series of disappointments that have been going on. You know, since the hiring of Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler and and us losing to the Cincinnati Bengals when we couldn't convert inside the 10 yard line on four tries.
0: <laughs> yes. And uh, this game, the Raiders could not get a first down. They just could not get a first down. I mean, I, I was I was I was uh, posting about it because I, I was it was I w- see I'm speechless. I mean, you look at the Raiders eight first downs. They had no first downs in the second half. They had eight in the entire game. They had 16 against the Chiefs before the bye. So 24 first downs in two games, okay? Now, the Vikings weren't much better. They they look terrible coming off the bye, too. But the Vikings don't pay their offense $100 million, by the way. Yeah. Um, And I know hey, – look, it starts with the quarterback. And this is a couple things. And, and, and I know – Watching your show this past week, you had your impassioned plea, and I appreciated it very much, (laughs) around Antonio Pierce and all of that. But I think this game uh, had proved to me – now, I'm not saying everybody's got to agree with me. This game proved to me that I just don't think he's ready to be a head coach. Uh, I'm not saying he's not a good man. I'm not saying he's a good coach. And if someone comes in and wants to to retain him on staff, that would be awesome because the players love him. But here's what I want you to consider. They go to a bye. They have two weeks to prepare for this game, or a week and a half, whatever you want to call it, and and they just came out completely flat. In that time, we heard a lot of the players talk about, we heard Max Crosby on the Insiders on NFL Network say, hey, no, we, wanna, we want this guy to be our coach. We want Champ Kelly to be our GM, and these guys get it. We want them here. And then they go out and they play like that. So it, it's hard for me to look at this and say, okay... This is going in the right direction. Do I think it's better than it was? Of course. Antonio Pierce is, is a good, good man compared to what Josh McDaniels was. But I will say that this was a tough one to swallow. Not good for him. He had no margin for error, I believe, there too. So you look at that and you look at Aiden O'Connell. You know, we've always been folks here who've said, hey, look, you got to see what the kid's got. You got to give him a chance. He's not a first round draft pick, so you got to have your expectations in line. A lot of people's expectations were way too far gone. But he had a terrible game. He just had a terrible game. Mm-hmm. And it ended terribly. He looked terrible. The negatives with decision-making were there. You saw, and this is, I've, I've had an ongoing uh, feverish discussion with listeners, Raider fans online, about denying that you need a mobile quarterback these days. And you saw why. There was a, two, three times off the top of my head, where Aiden O'Connell got sacked or got knocked out of the pocket, where if he could move, I'm not saying he completes a pass, but he doesn't get sacked, right? So he at least tries to move. So I think you saw the limitation there. And I'm not saying Aiden O'Connell shouldn't be on the team. I think he'd be a great backup quarterback from what I've seen so far. But I think you saw the limitations of the current personnel, both coaching and players today. And then, oh, yeah, you saw Max Crosby just be Superman again. So, look, I think this, this is a realistic Outcome from a game. Now the Chargers are terrible. Chargers have the same record as the Raiders, by the way. They play the Chargers who probably are going to be without Justin Herbert next week. But I, I don't see any reason why anybody would think that the Raiders will win a game the rest of the year now after you saw what you saw tonight.
1: Wow, that's a that's a lot, you know, and that's, yes. that's frankly heartbreaking, Scott. <laughs> I I watch mean, that game. It really is. It's heartbreaking. But I, it, there's, this is what I always say that you know until the Raiders give you or the, and the critics and 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 you're being a fair critical right now, by the way, not like Twitter guy sixty nine <laughs> Camaro or whatever on whatever um, but like you know, you know there, until the Raiders give us a reason to see and or believe otherwise then anytime there's criticism or negativity lobbied at this team it's all it's all valid and and it's up to the Raiders and I hate the word narrative nowadays because it's overused but the bottom line is until the Raiders change the narrative that's what it's going to be and whether that's on a, on a you know on a channel like this where we love the Raiders or in mainstream media or otherwise uh, that's what's that's how it's going to be in tell the raiders do something differently and when you have a series of disappointments that's you're going to be under constant criticism and again it makes it all validated here's what i will say though though, let's i want to kind of rewind back a little bit and go through some of the things that you said there Mm -hmm. one of the things about antonio pierce um you and i and mo and and and, and, you know obviously you know i love you guys and you, you know what i mean and we know it's mutual but listen, radio wasn't always great when everyone sits around and, and, and agrees with each other, right? And so sometimes it's a good idea to have a little bit of a differing opinion. And we're not going to go all skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp here. But, but the idea that you know we can have a difference of opinion, and I would push back to like that the idea that I, I still, despite the failure of today, I still have faith in a guy like Antonio Pierce. And here's why: is that I feel like he's not an X's and O's guy. Like we are accustomed to some of the high-profile coaches in the league. When you look at Sean McVay, when you look at Andy Reid, when you look at, at at some of these guys, they're hardcore X's and O's guys. And I think that a lot of times we, as fans, or even just viewers and, and journalists like like you all, like when you when you look at the coach, you we have an expectation that they're going to be highly proficient in those areas in terms of calling games, calling plays, call, doing those things. But in in all actuality, when you really boil it down. The head coach is a CEO. He's responsible for the leadership and the organization of his constituents, which in this case is a football team. And the coordinators are responsible for the X's and O's. So if we're going to hold Antonio Pierce accountable for the lack of proficiency on offense, we should also hold him accountable for the success of, on defense, which if we had came away for this game and said, okay, the Raiders are going to, on defense, are going to hold the Minnesota Vikings to three points amidst a quarterback change and everything, we'd all be going, oh yeah, Raiders are going to run away with this damn thing. But if we have a deficiency on offense because that's the void that was left by stupid Josh McDaniels, his fat ears and Mick Lombardi. So I hold that, that regime way more accountable for the lack of productivity than I do Antonio Pierce, because I think that Antonio Pierce has demonstrated his ability to lead. And what is he great at? What is his expertise playing damn defense? And look what we're doing pretty good playing damn defense. Now we just got to get this offense figured out and hopefully get, get, it figured out before we lose a guy like Devonte Adams in the Process, or even Josh Jacobs, for that matter, and so and and the other thing I'll I'll say too, real quick, the limitations that we have. Quarterback and and, a, and a clearly shown up here now with go. You guys are totally right. I mean, and and while I was I'm and I still kind of am in the camp that at the end of the day, when you look at teams that hoist Lombardi trophies, they have good defenses, they can run the ball, and they don't turn the ball over. Like that's the yep. bottom line. Absolutely. And so, so you made a great point that a lot of those guys that people point at, Nick Foles, Matt Stafford, Joe Flacco, blah blah, blah those guys that Brady and Mahomes clearly. Manning, Eli and his brother, they've they've that version of the off, or of the NFL has started to age out. Well, I still think there's a little bit of truth to all of that. And I still don't think it's a completely lost concept that as long as you do those three things that you can win with a pocket passer. But I hear you guys loud and clear. Like cuz and you look at a game like today, it, yes, you need to have somebody that's proficient in the pocket to win in the postseason, but if you can't get to the postseason, then it's a, who cares? Like you've got to have someone that can get us that far. And and I'm with you on that. That lack of mobility showed up today. And even and there was one other thing about O'Connell that, that kind of got me today. I was like, oh, gosh, when he, he was a little. Long holding to the football, and then when he finally decided to get rid of it, he chucks it out of bounds and gets an intentional grounding with a guy wide open onto his left hand side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, like, oh, dang well, but, see, it. but see, you will be good over time, at least in a backup role. But hey, yeah, I, I don't see him as a starter in this well, league. You
0: brought, you brought up two good points there when you're talking about a pocket passer. First of all, if you look at if you sure. look at the young the young quarterbacks that are coming out and going in the first second round. None of them are pocket passers. Now, some of them are a little more pocket passers than some of the others, but but most of them aren't. So you're going to see them go away for the most part. But to your point, offense, defensive lines are everything. You have to have those to win in the NFL. Okay? Now, could you have, could Aiden O'Connell, let's say you have a mobile quarterback gets hurt, Aiden O'Connell has to go eight games, finish the season, go into the playoffs. Yes, he could be successful if he has an all-pro offensive line. That's the point. So if you have somebody who's a statue, like Tom Brady was, because he was, uh, you you look at those lines when they won the Super Bowl in New England, they were incredible, right? And you had to because you could not have a guy that uh, was a pocket passer and not have an offensive line because it was just getting too crazy in there. So that I agree with you. I do think while you're absolutely correct on Antonio Pierce being a good man and a good leader, that does not make him a good head coach. I know it sounds crazy, but I will tell you that preparation is everything. This team had a week and a half to prepare for this game, and they came out, and it was terrible. One of the keys I said before the game, Murph, now some of it was quarterback play, so I'll give that to them, is they had to be aggressive on offense the entire game. They also had to be aggressive, which they were at the beginning on defense with Josh Dobbs. They, they, they eventually chased him from the game that was a good opportunity because he had turned over the ball six times in the last two games. Okay. So he was primed for that. And the defense did a great job, as you mentioned, overall down the stretch, of course, the drive from Nick Mullins, they went down and scored the winning touchdown. But uh, you look at what the offense was unable to do and not getting a first down in the second half. No wonder it happened. So I see that. I just, and, and again, like you said, we, we, we are adults here and, and, and we're buddies but I will just disagree. I don't think I don't th- I don't think he's a bad coach. I think he's not a head coach yet, and and those types of things come out when you come out from a bye week. It's the equivalent in basketball. Like if anybody's a basketball fan out there, of you call a timeout and then you come out and you run a really bad play. You're like, how? Well, that's what you designed in the huddle. Was that bad play? It's the equivalent of that, right? You can't come out of a bye week. And look that flat. I don't know why the guys were so flat. That was the other thing. All the talk about playing for him and they wanted him to keep him as coach. And then, pff, except for the defense, of course. The defense came out Fire firing, looked really great. Tyree Wilson had a good game. Divine Diablo had a great game. Of course, yeah. Max Crosby. So so they look good on defense. Again, they're not a top 10 defense, but man, they're playing as hard as they can. And that's all you can expect from them. So I look at this and I know how disappointed fans are because it was a tough game to watch. I literally wanted to claw my eyes out. There was no fun here. There was no fun. I mean, there was some. There was some stuff here and there, and then you know you get Hunter Renfro going, and then he fumbles, and so so this game was just really frustrating from that perspective. Watching it though, um, it was it was interesting because I just felt as though it wasn't. I just didn't see any execution. Like, I didn't see them execute as well. Even in the loss of the Chiefs, they weren't great on offense then either, obviously. But they at least were executing, and sometimes they just didn't win out. This game, though, I didn't see a lot of that.
1: Yeah, so, okay. But I, I, I do think they executed pretty defensively. well defensively. And so yes. then I go back to the offense, and then, again, I've, I've got to look at, what the offense and the and the play calling and the construction of the this offense has looked like when you have a fourth and one and we're lining up empty, even dumbass Mark <laughs> Sanchez is going. What are we doing? Like, why are they lining up empty on fourth and one? And you look at those play calls, and I I think back to a few games ago when we when we had a uh, I believe it was on a fourth and one, and we kind of did that little fake to Josh Jacobs, and then and then we ran DeAndre Carter on that on that little bit, you know, that little around thing. Like very innovative play call, and we're going. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Bo Hard I see. you. Like that. That was pretty clever. What happened to that? Now we're doing all this, and, and this isn't the first time that we've done this. Empty set on on short down and distance, and I'm thinking like this is we have the we have the guy that would the, led the league in rushing last year. You, you brought back Jacob Johnson onto the under no. the team. Like, why are we not just lining up heavy? and just running that thing up in there we we and we saw the raiders do that tonight even too yeah. we saw them convert we saw aiden o'connell convert on on a quarterback sneak what a, that stuff is mind-boggling to me and then and i'm with and, and gosh i hate it for hunter i feel like that that guy finally started getting back going again. And then the one time we're in scoring position, he gets the ball punched out. And I don't even know if it's entirely his fault. That was a great defensive play. I mean, that was was a heck of a play on the guy and, and stuff, you know, things, things like that are going to happen. Um, so you can't pin it on, on him entirely, but the, that idea that, you know, that was that was the one shot that we had uh, to, to get on the board and, and the Raiders did. not so, I don't know, a lot, a lot to be considered there, Scott, but I would say this, though. Again, I go back to that, I, I just think, like, what does this team look like with a Offensive coordinator with bona fides, with like a real legit offensive coordinator, play caller. And I know that like we're not gonna go out and get some premium g- guy out there, someone that's gonna right. like they'd be a head coach instead. But is there someone that's a you know, a young, innovative, you know, whatever coming off of someone's staff, coming off of Mike McDaniel's staff or what? I don't know. You you pick at Raider Nation. But that idea that, does this team look different? And I gotta say, I think it does. And so if that's the case then is that an indictment on Antonio Pierce? I do hear you loud and clear on the preparation because, listen, he's still the head coach. I don't know if it's going through his headset that we're going empty on fourth and one, and does he have the opportunity to buzz in and go, hey, Bo, don't do that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know what the the, the logistics of that are, but if that's his responsibility and he has an override in that sense... You got to make that call, coach. Like, yeah. come on now. You know what I mean? So, I, if if that's, uh, you know, if he was at fault on that and that's an indictment of him, absolutely. But I still, I'll say this and I'll shut up. I still don't <laughs> think, uh, I got a lot to say. You can tell I have a podcast. It's okay, man, keep rolling. I, I, I don't think it's a deal breaker yet, Scott. And, and the idea, and I brought this up on Silver and Black today. A few weeks ago, uh, I said, Hey, let's, why don't he can learn the ins and outs and the the minutia of being a head coach from some amazing people that have been in his, in his life. And I even mentioned Tom Coughlin and what did he do this week? And he brought in Tom Coughlin, Marvin Lewis, and Adam Gase. I don't know what that was all about, but anyways, but he brought in other former head coaches to kind of sit in on their meetings and to mentor him. He's going to continue to grow and develop as a head coach. And I think with enough runway, he's going to be great. Now, will that even be as a Raiders head coach? I don't know. I'm hoping for it, but that's the fan in me talking. And if it's not, then that, that, whatever. But I, And I wish the guy the best ultimately. But again, Scott, I got to go all the way back to, the, to, the, to the, the, the coordinators are the ones that are calling the shots. The minutiae of the game, the, the, the play-in, play-out, it's not Antonio Pierce. And if anything on this game, I'll wrap it up on this. If anything in this game was an indictment on any cut, co- it's Bo agree to me. That's that's your lackey. That's your fall guy, I think, on this game, outside of Aiden O'Connell when it comes to the offense.
0: Yeah, so so no, and, and I hear you. So I, I, well, let's get back to that. I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll pick right. up the conversation there. A great uh, soliloquy from from – Murph there about Antonio Pierce, which I'm going to come back with the opposite argument, but we're going to wait for that after the break. Going to be a quick break here. You're listening to silver and black today with Murph and Scott, the postgame edition Raiders three to nothing. No, I didn't misspeak three to nothing. They're Jeez. getting ready for the world cup. It was a high scoring game, three to nothing. And uh, we'll be back right after these messages.
1: Who's pitching on Tuesday. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, welcome back. Silver and black today, the postgame edition. Scott Branson, Murph from Raiders fan radio are with you. We were talking about Antonio Pierce. Uh, Murph still believes that, hey, there's a good shot. And he, he hasn't lost belief that Antonio Pierce could be the head coach. Uh, pointing out, and I think 100% agree, Bohart agree, not calling a great game. Uh, I do, though, go back to what you said, Murph, and I agree on this, too, which is when you're the CEO, you're the CEO. So if, if the marketing, if the CMO isn't doing well and you're not bringing in leads, uh, ultimately, it's going to be the CEO's issue. So you have to figure that out. Now, Bo Hart agree, remember, I'm not saying he's doing well. He had no experience. He'd never played calls. He never called plays in his life. Okay, not making excuses. I'm just stating the fact. But if you look at Antonio Pierce, here's the question, and, and you bring up a valid question, which is, if you're okay with the Raiders hiring their permanent coach moving forward and if it's antonio pierce as as you put it learning on the job if mm-hmm. you want somebody to learn on the job like for example i get on a flight down to nashville on american Island airlines and the pilot's learning on the job <laughs> i feel really comfortable with that no i'm just kidding i know i'm making an extreme example just to make it funny but <laughs> but my point is my point is you're going to have that. And that's fine. If that's what you want to do. Like, so if, if I'm the Raiders and I say, Hey, we, we can we're not going to spend money on a coach. What we're going to do is we're going to develop internally from our folks. And I would be okay with that. But I think if you do that, then to me, the direction of the franchise is you tear it down again. You say goodbye to Devonte Adams. You say goodbye to some of these guys, because you're not going to win. You're just not going to be able to get to that next level. Now, you can go hire a coach from the outside and the same result can happen. I'm not saying there's any guarantees because there's not, but I do think that it, it takes time. You're right. You're absolutely right. And what we've seen when Josh McDaniels got fired, do you remember what the record was three and five, correct? Yep. So Antonio Pierce has a one game advantage on Josh McDaniels this year from a, from a winning, from win loss perspective. He's lost three in a row now. And in those three losses, the offense can't get going now. If that's Bo Hardigree, great. So then Antonio Pierce as the head coach has got to do something. You got to do something. You can't just, okay, just keep going, keep going. You can't do that. You have to figure out something. And I'm not saying they're going to be a Super Bowl team, but what I am saying is you have to make progress. Like, for example, I made fun of people who two weeks ago wanted Jimmy Garoppolo in the game when they know Connell was struggling. In this game, late in the game, I might have done it. You know why? Because look what Minnesota did. I mean, that's Nick Mullins. He's... Is he better than Jimmy Garoppolo? Probably. I don't know. But what I'm saying, though, is that at that point, you don't use the backup quarterback to, to tell the young rookie that he's, you know, that he's not going to start again. No, you just say, hey, listen, dude, it's not going well today. Everybody's got bad days. We're going to put Jimmy in see if he can get a spot. Right? As much as that pains me to say that. Right? As much as it pains me to say that. So I think that's the world. That, that's how I look. And again, I respect your opinion, Murphy. You know I always do. Uh, but at the same time, I just, man, I would be, I would feel really risky, feel, it would be really risky to me to have Antonio Pierce be your head coach, uh, and learning on the job. That's not to begrudge him. I'm just saying, I, I don't think I would do that.
1: Well, putting in Nick Mullins was a no brainer cause he's a Raider killer. I mean, we we have seen that before, Raider Nation. I mean, that's like, I mean, I don't want to downplay the the reality of PTSD, but man, we got we got PTSD as Raider fans when it comes to Nick Mullins. Um, but y- y- you know, it's interesting, Scott, and I, I I liked your 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 point there about how if you if you do decide that you're going to leave, leave Antonio Pearson to learn on the job, I don't think as much. It's it's not as much on the job training. Because he's not going to be the X's and O's guy. And that's why I got to keep leaning into it, it, Can he develop and maintain and foster a healthy organization? And I think that answer is yes. I, I Despite the win and loss and the, the success level, I think that question has been answered. So then if that's the case, can you bring in then, you know, pieces around you you know to use the you know like you're talking about running a business can you bring in a CFO can you bring in a COO can you bring in those other pieces around you to to actually have the hands-on and run that business and I think the answer is yes and and I and does he deserve that Not I don't say deserve we don't none of us deserve anything is is it to this point is he at least you know qualified for that i think so and and so if that's the case i would oh, love murph, to- murph murph let me okay. let me interrupt you for a second right. what why is he qualified because here's the thing that i think that that a lot of times it gets lost on and i'm not picking on you per se oh, but yeah, you're sure. a member of the media that's that's, sure. that's represented here there's something very unique about being a Raider. And there's something about unique about being a Raider head coach, there's something unique about being a Raiders owner, there's something unique about being a Raiders player and a fan. And frankly, there is something very unique about Antonio Pierce and he gets it. And there is a very specific mystique about being a Raider. And when you he's able to embrace that and exemplify that and to share that vision with those that come in and wear the silver and black, I think that is an incredibly important thing that he is not only able to do, but is an essential to being a Raider. It's the reason the Raiders embrace their alumni more than Any other team in the history of the NFL, the Raiders and their connection to the alumni of this football team is so unique and special. We had Lincoln Kennedy on our show not that long ago and talked to him and asked him about that idea, about having somebody that's a Raider, quote, being the head coach. And he said, everything the Raiders do is unique to their own except play football. And I, so I think that's an essential point to being a coach of the Raiders. We've brought plenty of people in that have resumes and all these things that that the bona fides to justify them being a head coach in the league and all of them failed, but there was, you know what I'm saying? So I think that if, if we're going to, you know, Al Davis took a shot on a lot of different head coaches and he hit on a, on a few and he missed on a ton. But the ones that he hit on, there was a little bit of a flyer taken. And I'm just saying, if we're going to take a flyer, if we're going to take any sort of a risk with an opportunity of a hire, let's bring in the guy that freaking gets the idea of the, the, the what this organization represents. And I know that then that may be just a crazy ass fan thing. And, and I get it that like folks like you can look at this thing objectively and from a, a distant view and have a different perspective. And I respect it. And so maybe it's my silver and black heart, you know, beating through my chest and no, coming no out with that. Words. But I think that's really, it really is important. And I'm not talking about like, oh, just bring in a, a player's coach, because there's been other examples where, you know, Joe Bugle, for crying out loud, was a player's <laughs> coach, but he wasn't a Raider. And I think that there's something incredibly important about that. And so if you have somebody at the helm that's a a Raider and is leading this organization along with Champ Kelly and Sandra Douglas Morgan and, of course, Mark Davis, and then you surround him with pieces, you surround him with people that have – innovative approaches to, you know, to, to play calling and to developing talent and all that. That's where the freaking work happens. When we talk to, to former players, they will tell you all the time, the head coaches are not responsible for coaching them up. It's not. It's not what it is. It's the position coaches. It's the coordinators. Those are the guys that are responsible for the development of talent, the recruitment of talent, the drafting, all that stuff. It all comes from the, the gr- guys on the ground. So all you need at the top, you got to have a solid leader. Somebody like again, and that's where I, I think Antonio Pierce has got it. When you look at someone like, look at the freaking Eagles for crying out loud. You know what I mean? Look at the way. Look at the way that they're structured. They have amazing coordinators underneath them, and and. and there and there are plenty of other other you know examples of that around the NFL where you look at the most successful teams that the the head coach isn't calling plays defensively or offensively he's managing the organization and right. managing so, the this, players this, if that were, Scott, that's that's I just I got to lean no, into that. I, understand. I I totally understand that but there's there's
0: a couple questions there too and, and and I and I don't disagree I listen when I when I worked at UNLV I used to get mad because I worked in the athletic department and jobs would come up and they would always hire people from these other schools. I'm like, why aren't you hiring your own people? Like these, these people went to school here. They care about it more than those people do. It's just a job to them. So so I understand that piece of it. It's very natural. And I think uh, the, that loyalty and that feeling of it, because you care about it, uh, especially like an organization like the Raiders, even if you're a fan or you're a former player, or former executive, whatever, I get that. But the issue there to me, you mentioned Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia, which is a good one. Uh, he was his coordinator. He had experience running offense or defense, right? So, and, and so he he ran that. So from that perspective, he's X's O. He's not. He doesn't know everything. He doesn't know the offense, right? So Antonio Pierce, Antonio Pierce is a defensive guy. So could he play call on the defense? Probably. He's just a position coach before, but he could, right? Because he knows defense. He's a he's a former linebacker in the NFL. He's got a Super Bowl ring for Christ's sake, right? So I get that, and I and I totally agree with it. But again, I think it goes back to the point we were making earlier, which is, do you want to risk that? Because I will go back, and I agree with you, Al Davis, loyal guy, would give people opportunities, no question. That's what made the Raider organization so unique, because he didn't care. He just wanted to get the best people he could. He, he loved loyalty. At the same time, his mantra was what? Just win, baby. So so, is it about, Do you think? do you think the Raiders can win a Super Bowl in two years with Antonio Pierce? Maybe, maybe. Can he bring, will he attract, if I'm a young coach and I want to find my next job, which is the next step to being the next step, which is becoming a head coach. So I want to get an offensive coordinator. Like we're talking about that since the Raiders situation is so bad. So I want to be an offensive coordinator. Would I come play for Antonio Pierce who's, and I don't learning on the job or who is new to a head coaching role and would I put my faith in him, maybe, depends where you are and who you are. But would you get top coaches? Maybe Champ Kelly could do that. Maybe Champ Kelly could recruit them and say, hey, come on. So I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I just think that if you look at it right now, my position would be he hasn't earned it yet, okay, because he's losing. That's, it's, it's, it's a win or loss game. Now, does that mean you get rid of them completely from the organization? No, of course not. I've seen a lot of people today talk about uh, the fact that, hey, if 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 he doesn't get the job, try to retain him. And I think probably they would, right? Players love him. <clears throat> makes a lot of sense and all, and all that stuff. So so I think it's, it's, it is, it's it is there is so many nuances to it, Murph, and you brought up some really good ones that I think are valid. The the, the piece about being a Raider. But I will tell you, I, I'm going to put on my cold, independent objective hat for a second. Okay. I'll twist it a little bit here. And that is because you like somebody and they're a good person does not mean they're best for the job, right? So I'm pretty sure I would not be a good doctor. I'm pretty sure of it, just saying. But I did deliver my daughter. So anyway, but I would say, (laughs) I would say that that's the point. So I think you get to the end of the process. Now, if the Raiders go to interview coaches, especially, because I do think there's no question he deserves an interview and should be interviewed. When they get to the candidates, Murph. If if he by far is the best candidate they interview, then give him the job. Uh, if there are other coaches that have have more experience or whatnot, they would have to consider them, right? I, I, I can't imagine they wouldn't, but uh, my concern is just that learning on the job thing. But again, I don't have the emotional tie you do, so I understand that and I respect it
1: well and, and and thank you for saying that and and yeah and i and listen and i don't and not that, that you would uh, are asking for it but i don't apologize for it i mean that's you should you, should. you know what i mean this uh, yeah. i got i got long sleeves on so i can't pull up my shirt but like hey i got <laughs> this ain't freaking come off man like this house doesn't redecorate itself and i'm not changing my clothes man like this silver and black thing runs deep and it will run for life i mean it's raider nation for life you know and, and that'll never change um and and you know and Something that you and Mo talked about about letting, and I feel like while we're talking about is Antonio Pierce tonight, but let me let me say this Raider Nation, what else are we gonna talk about? We ain't talk about the playoffs, right? You want to <laughs> you want to break down with the draft. You know what I mean? You want to break down Colton Miller being out of the game. You want to break down Marcus Epps, you know, laying into Justin Jefferson. (laughs) I mean, whatever. You guys watch the same game we do. So let's talk about some high level stuff about where this team's going to go because that's what's really important. Because what happened for the last three hours before we got on the air was pretty freaking boring, for crying out loud. Um, So let's, you know, so I do like this, uh, the spirit of this discussion uh, much, much more. And so, anyway, so you and Scott were, or you and Scott, you and Mo were talking about. Uh, you know, crowning him today. And even still, as much as I just gave an impassioned plea for the, in an endorsement of this guy, yeah. I'm still not convinced that he's the the, the choice. And I oh, yeah. do definitely think that it hundred percent. Should he be part of the interview process, regardless of win loss record? Yes. Do I also think that they should be interviewing a bunch of other people? Absolutely, yes. And so, if the Raiders go 0 5 in this final five stretch, and now we're already 0 1, you know, heading out of it, if, if there's not some incredible performances that happen, clearly the playoffs aren't going to be on the table for us. There's not an automatic crowning of Antonio Pierce as the as the head coach. No, and in this you football. haven't said that. You haven't said that. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, I, I definitely think that there needs to be something to that. And should, and we'll see what the candidates are. You know, before we finally fired Josh McDaniels, which took about, you know, six too many weeks to, to happen, um, I was I was hollering for Jeff Ulbrich, you know, the defensive coordinator for the Jets, who I, was a, you know, shout out Live Oak High School and San Jose represent. I mean, he's a hometown guy for me and, and, and somebody that I... I really thought was would would be an excellent head coach candidate. He, much in the spirit of like a of Robert Sala, uh, Dan Campbell kind of thing. But then the, then when Antonio Pierce emerged, and no one was calling for it. Listen, Raider Nation. And if you if you're out there and you're thinking that oh, I was saying Antonio Pierce the whole time. No, you weren't. No, you weren't. Nobody was saying (laughs) Antonio Pierce. Nobody was. Until he showed up as the head coach of this football team and you found out that he listened to NWA walking into the Los Angeles Coliseum. (laughs) Outside of that, all you knew is that he talked shit about the Raiders when him and his Giants used to beat the crap out of us in the Meadowlands. That's all you knew about Antonio Pierce before that. So anyways, all that said, but then once he emerged and we learned all this stuff about him, then we realized, well, okay, well, that kind of guy, that Dan Campbell, Bob Sala, Jeff Olbrich, oh, Here's Antonio Pierce. He's like those guys. So I think, again, that's another thing that we just like have glommed onto is Raider Nation. And even though there's an experience and a youth to his head coaching career, we're like, okay, that's the kind of guy we want to have in house, not this dead eyed, fat eared guy like Josh McDaniels that's going to stand up at a podium and freaking, you know, dodge questions from Hondo. (laughs) Shut up, Hondo. No disrespect. Oh my.
0: Um, but uh, listen, I, 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 we'll end it with this and then we'll get into some player stuff because I want to talk about that for sure. Okay. Um, I just, here's what I think. And I have, this is not any inside information. It's just me, my own theory. My own theory is if you think about it, it was kind of odd. So, so you look at who's around that locker room as a coach. You have Patrick Graham, who doesn't have a lot of experience either, by the way, as a coordinator, only a few years. Uh, but he clearly one of the, he, he fired the offensive coordinator who was just in in name only. And that was, uh, uh, Nick Lombardi. Mm -hmm. So you knew that it wasn't going to get the job. So then you think about Patrick Graham, he's a defensive coordinator, right? So you think, well, so no, he skipped him over. The reason I believe he skipped over Patrick Graham was because Antonio Pierce had a close relationship with the players. Players loved him. He was a confidant from them, from what he's told us publicly. Okay. And that's why they love him so much because they were already going to him. And so Mark Davis, I think here made a good choice because he said, you know what? We got to get through this season. We've been down this road before with Richard Passaccia, with the Gruden stuff. We need a guy who's going to even things out and he's going to make sure the players are happy. We want to make sure we go back because this guy was alienating everybody and he was destroying everyone and so to do that, we're going to bring, we're going to have Antonio, I'm going to name Antonio Pierce. It was a great move, great move. And I think the right move overall. So we'll see where it goes. And to your point, we'll see at the end of the year what they do and what kind of candidates they have. Now, I think though, the one thing, and we've, we've talked about it because we even had the t-shirt, the Irish cannon, all that stuff with always rooted for Aiden O'Connell to be successful. So the Raiders were. But he's not going to be the long-term. The the Raiders have to get a quarterback in this draft, in my view. they got to get somebody young in there to come in to compete with O'Connell. And then I think you go get a a, a nice veteran, whoever that is, to compete as well. So you have three guys in camp, and you let them go. Whoever wins, wins, right? Not bad. Uh, But I do think that that is glaring on this offense because the reason, some of the reason, now the play calling, yes, but a lot of the reason why this offense has not succeeded is because of the quarterback position. You can't watch and tell me otherwise. Because, yes, when Josh Jacobs runs the ball, yeah, but they can't, no one is worrying about the Raiders burning them deep. No one's worrying about them throwing the ball all over the yard. They're just not. So with that said, Murph, I think the Raiders, yes, they need offensive line, they need defensive line. But in this draft, right now, they have the same record as the Chicago Bears. Now the Bears have the the, the Panthers pick, so they're going to pick first. But then the Raiders now, they were at 11. I'm going to guess they're probably now closer to 8 or 7, somewhere up there where they were last year, actually. And we'll see where they go from there. But if they are in the range to get one of those
1: top two or three guys, I think you got to pull the trigger. I think there's a top five. I mean when you look at mm-hmm. we've got well, obviously Caleb Caleb Williams is everybody's, you know, the, that's the hot pick for Raider Nation because you know there are so many Raider fans in Southern California. But yeah. well, we got yeah. Drake May, we've got Bo Nix. we've got uh, Michael Penix, right? We've got there's a there's five you got, got Daniels, won that, say, just won the Heisman. Of course, we got a little bit of uh, um, LSU quarterbacks, but um but you know <laughs> but there's a there's a, listen, I'm with you and I'm of the opinion, I've been saying this on Raiders fan radio uh, for a hot minute now. You swing on quarterbacks until yeah. you get one. You want to know why the Niners are the best team in the NFL right now? Because they hit a freaking lottery ticket on Brock Purdy. But, and I don't even say that was an entirely calculated move on their part. They mm-hmm. got lucky. But you know what? They got lucky enough and they had enough surrounding pieces in order to... And, and so now, they're again, they're, they're one of the best teams in football. But I'm of the opinion that... I, I like the idea of, obviously, you're not going to get rid of Aiden O'Connell, but I think they should draft a quarterback. I think in the high, the first first pick, just I, I'm of the opinion every NFL team should be just going for quarterbacks until you find one. Once you find one, then you can start to build out from there. That's got to be the way that, that, you, that you build a team. Not only do you, can you take advantage of the rookie wage scale, but you have to have a high-level you know and I don't know, I hate the word elite cuz everybody uses it but an elite quarterback to be competitive in this league bottom line and then and there's even talk about well Champ Kelly's got a relationship with with Justin Fields back on his time when he was with the Bears yeah bring him in too bring them all in Bring it. Let's have five quarterbacks going into camp and let them all battle it out. Like, let's draft quarterbacks for the first three rounds. And I'm only being semi silly. Like, yeah, for real, yeah. like, we've got to have a quarterback. Every team in the NFL has to have a quarterback. When you look at the, the teams around the league, when you look at, like, the Buccaneers or you look at, like, the Colts, you look at, if they had high level quarterbacks, they'd have badass football teams. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? But they, yes. you, this, Whole idea of these like bridge quarterbacks, these like mid quarterbacks that they're bringing in, and oh, we're just going to try. No, man, I'm I'm firmly in that opinion. I'm trenched in the idea. Draft, draft, sign, go after QBs until you get one. And I'm not talking about 38 year old Brian Hoyer, who's you know freaking going to get to you know AARP before me for crying out loud. (laughs) And I'm already old as shit, but like, I'm sorry, Scott, it's old as okay. crap. That's but right. like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not talking about swinging on quarterbacks like that. I'm talking about yeah. young guys. Bring in young guys until you freaking find one and then start, you know, building your team and take off
0: from there. Yes, absolutely. hundred percent agree. I mean, they need to do it. Uh, I think we also saw, and hopefully Josh Jacobs is okay. We saw him leave with some sort of knee injury, which is not good. But we Mo and I talked about this on our show last week, uh, Murph, which was the Raiders need to find that RB2, maybe RB1 if they don't sign Josh Jacobs after this season, which I don't think they will. If they don't, then they're going to have to draft there, too, and amongst other needs, interior defensive line, interior offensive line, as we saw tonight. Andre James went down with an injury, too, which didn't help the situation uh, today as well with the with the Raiders, so yeah, they, they got a lot of needs, and I think that's the thing. I, what I wish for Raiders fans and for someone who has to cover the team is I would just like to see this team move the ball and make games interesting. Well, but what I mean by that is no matter what the record is down the stretch, just show some progress. You know, show some some oomph, show some desire to win football games. Uh, both offensively. We've seen it defensively. I don't think there's any question the defense has heart. Even when they're not playing well, they're giving it its all. Uh, on offense, it just doesn't seem to be working. And I don't know, maybe this is just one of those things where you can't fix it until the offseason, till you get a new system in, you do something else different. Uh, but I, that's what I wish for fans. I just want people to be able to see it. And I want to be able to watch some good football. They have these games coming up, the Chargers, the Chiefs, of course, the Colts, who who took a big step back today, the the Bengals beat them pretty badly, and then uh, the Broncos on the last game. Broncos won again. The Broncos are now seven and six, right?
1: Yeah, it, 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 yeah, and the Colts losing. T- I mean, everything was lining up for us today. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we need we needed Pittsburgh to lose on Thursday night, which they did. Shout out I the did. Patriots. Shout out MGM Sportsbook and the money line too, by the way. <laughs> um, but you know, a lot, of, a lot of, a lot of things were going in our favor, and then the Raiders freaking come out here and crap one up, which is what Raiders have done for to us since you know. I don't know 2003 whatever the date in January was that we died to the freaking Tampa Bay Buccaneers but anyways um but you know can, can we just go back to a little bit of the, the team building part just real yeah. fast Yeah yeah please Anybody that's not named Max Crosby <laughs> Bye I mean yeah. and that's and I I love Devonte adams being a leader on our football team i love amig robertson i love nate hobbs i love divine diablo i love a lot of players i love colton miller there are a lot of players on this football team josh jacobs that i as a fan that i i love but if we can build draft capital and and if as you said if we're going to retain a guy that has some youth in it as a head coach you know, not necessarily in age, but in terms of experience, we're going to retain a guy like that. And we're going to go through a quote rebuild again. And I know it's rough Raider nation, but you know what, what does Devontae Adams add to a team like that i don't i don't know and and you know when you look at a team like the texans who quickly turned it around once they got a decent quarterback in house you know is it impossible for for those things to happen no but also when you look at a team like the texans what did they do they acquired a crap ton of draft capital by trading deshaun watson like mm-hmm. and so if you in which once upon a time we did that when we traded cleo mac we just didn't do anything with it because unfortunately John group, well, whatever, it's another story. But you guys know where I'm going with that. That, but if, but it's, that's how you build championship teams. That's you build competitive teams. And so Scott, in that spirit of swinging on quarterbacks and swinging on young quarterbacks until you find one, What's the best way to do that? Unfortunately, you got you to say goodbye to some folks. You got to say goodbye to, unfortunately, Hunter Renfro. You might have to say goodbye to Devontae. And I'm not sitting here advocating for that, Raider Nation, so don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that the Raiders need to do any of that stuff, The jettison those players. And I understand the the draft, uh, or excuse me, the the, um, the dead cat ramifications. And I understand how all that stuff works. I'm just telling you that if if it's strategic for the Raiders and Champ Kelly calling these shots, is it going to make sense to acquire some draft capital by moving on some from, from some folks? Because yep. the, what what difference have those players made to our win-loss record this year? That's, that's you yeah. say it like that. And so those are not that they're not great players, but is that the defining factor between wins and losses? And unfortunately, right now it's no. So Well, think-
0: and, 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 and that's the thing too. And again, you know, everybody loves Devontae Adams. The story, wanted to be a Raider, grew up a Raider fan. That's all great. At the end of the day, the the last thing you do as a football team, the last piece you put into place on offense is a receiver. Yeah. Josh McDaniels went the wrong way. He put the receiver first, and then now he's trying to build. And you can't do that. It doesn't work. Bill Walsh wrote about that, actually, in his book. You can, you can huh? see that, too. You just don't yeah, build it that the- way. It's nothing right. against him.
1: Yeah, and freaking McDaniels did it twice. He did it with Jacoby Myers and Devontae Adams. Yes. Compo- yeah. I mean, completely reverse order. I'm with you.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So that that there's going to be
0: a lot, a lot of time to discuss all this stuff. But but clearly uh, tonight's game, there wasn't a lot to talk about other than to, to reaffirm somebody's uh, worst nightmare as far as watching their team play football on a Sunday because it was terrible. Uh, but we appreciate everybody being with us. And Murph, we always appreciate you being here. Of course, we uh, we talked. We got a five dollar. I got to go back to the super chats um, from our guys, Oakland Raider trucker. Yeah, he's, hey. he on the show. Yeah. $5 from him. And he says, Hey, Murph, you woke up from your Facebook doldrums. So there you go, which was your picture you posted earlier today
1: because yeah. you had some mimosas for breakfast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, me and, me and, so I me love and it. We're, we're zonked out waiting to watch the, the three o'clock game. And I wish we would have just That's stayed awesome. asleep. That's awesome. But tell
0: everybody about the, the One Nation Foundation uh, again as we do every show so that they can find you and help out and help out folks inside Raider Nation.
1: Uh, Thank you, Scott. Yeah, so the One Nation Foundation is our nonprofit. We formed it when we realized that we could make money with Raiders Fan Radio. It only took us 10 years to figure out we could actually make money with this stuff. And so uh, we decided we were going to give it all away to Raiders-related charities. So we give to uh, the Max Crosby Foundation, the newly formed. We gave to them just uh, recently. Uh, We've given to the Raider Dad folks who take underprivileged kids to Raider games and connect them with their parental figures, and we also give to the Belitnikov Foundation, which is taking young women at risk of domestic violence and substance abuse, and not only taking them and removing them from those situations, but offering offering them rehabilitative services uh, as, as they get back acclimated into, into life, and so we just appreciate those Raiders Charities so very, very much, and we'll continue to do that with every penny we make, so whether that's with direct donations, that's advertising uh, that we get from corporate sponsors like Manscaped uh, to merchandise sales, or if You want to get – so this is the Raiders Fan Radio – uh, that's the holiday shirt, the Christmas uh, shirt there. I'm <laughs> showing there so if you want to get that, you can just go to our website, uh, Raiders Fan Radio, hit the gear button and uh, and that'll take you to our T Public site and, and the good folks at T Public uh, give us some very generous kickbacks and we give all that money away through uh, the One Nation Foundation to Raiders related charities. And as always, thank you Scott for the platform and thank you for your endorsement of the One Nation Foundation and and the, the amazing support that you've been giving us over uh, the, the past couple of years and look forward to what we're going to do in 2024. we got some big things, Raider Nation. I'm not a fan of teasers, but I'll tell you, we got some big stuff in the works uh, between Raiders Fan Radio and Silver and Black today, and most importantly, the One Nation Foundation, and that is 100% because of this man over here to my, what is my left, my right, whatever. It's my right, yeah. your left, you're looking on the screen. It's because of <laughs> Branson, and so we cannot thank him enough. And look forward to having Scott in studio in a couple of weeks. We'll see you yes. here on the my
0: man. Yeah. We got to iron out the details too. Cause I think what we'll do is we'll do like a crossover. I think we'll just do a show. I'll do your show, but then I'll probably just take your show with your permission and we'll put it <laughs> on the silver and black, uh, today feed as well. We can, we can do it. We can do if it simultaneously.
1: Willing, if you're willing to accept yeah. that exposure, then heck yeah, we'll do that. Cause <laughs> you know what kind of goofy ass stuff we do around here in the oh, family. Yeah. So we would, that, that would be amazing.
0: I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that's going to be the 20th, right? That's the 20th, Wednesday, the 20th. Absolutely. So, yeah, we'll, sure be in
1: we'll be in hockey on the 19th, and then we'll see you here in the fan cave on the
0: 20th. Oh, man, I can't wait. And also, make sure you go over and subscribe. If you don't already, I know a lot of you in the chat, because the names, like you get to recognize the names, uh, already do. But if you don't, go subscribe to raiders fan radio as well and watch their live uh, on wednesdays which are fantastic just a great fun great crew over there and i can't wait to be down there murph uh hey listen uh get some sleep tonight and um just forget about what happened today tomorrow i just slept for four and a half hours now <laughs> i gotta go back to bed again oh that's too much all right my man well thank you so much for being with us
1: all right scott let's go let's go beat the chargers ass
0: there you go (laughs) there's Murph from Raiders fan radio appreciate you guys uh, all being with us and as I said earlier too if you don't already subscribe to the podcast please do so wherever you get your audio if you're watching us on YouTube thank you for the subscription also the uh hit the notifications bell that way you know whenever we go live or we have a new video up so we appreciate you doing that. Also, Mo and I will be back on Tuesday with our regular show. We'll break down the loss a little more and kind of the fallout. What happens now? Uh listen, Raiders got four more games left. We'll see what they can do. It's it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel for the offense, but the good thing is the defense is playing better. So you get to see some of these guys. Uh, and I was really shocked and surprised and happy that Tyree Wilson played so well tonight, as did Divine Diablo, continues to do well. And of course, Max Crosby, who is Mr. Raider at this point. So it's all good. Uh, until next time, guys, thank you so much for being with us here on the live post game show. And we will talk to everybody on Tuesday. Take care.